Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. You are listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction Blog Talk Radio Show, founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry. NABWIC is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members. Our mission as a core foundation is to strengthen the building blocks of new educational, entrepreneurial, professional, and social network connections. The vision of NABWIC is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations and individuals that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions for black women in construction and their respective communities. We invite you to call or text or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Good morning. This is Ursula Odom, your host for NABWIC Talks, and I am also the CEO of Sula2, and we make all new in everything we do in that we capture, preserve, and present legacy information in any form possible, and this is one of those forms. I get to talk to some wonderful people and bring them to you so that they can share their stories about their success. In business, and in each show, there's at least one extraordinary thing that you could probably implement implement in your own, your in your life. And today, oh my goodness, I don't care what business you're in, or if you're selling anything, that you will benefit from my guest today. She is Danielle Gray. And we're going to be talking about how to move your marketing from mediocre to magnificent tips and strategies from digital marketing strategist. I'm sorry, um, Ms. Danielle Gray. Now, Danielle is a content marketing strategist with over seven years of industry experience composing proposals, writing content, running email campaigns, and generating leads online, along with developing proposals. She helped her former design build firm grow from grow website visits from eighty I'm sorry grow web, website visits by eighty eight percent and contributed over hundred and fifty million in revenue from leads generated from the website in just three years. How exciting is that? Now Danielle is the owner of DG Marketing Company, a marketing firm committed to contributing and creating genuine, humanized digital marketing that listens and solves instead of tells and sells. She also speaks around the country about content generation, the importance of digital marketing and social media, specifically relating to the professional services industry. I am so excited about introducing you to Danielle Gray. Good morning, Danielle. Good morning. How's it going? Oh, absolutely great. Um, good. I am so glad that you decided to join us and can't wait to hear your story. So I tell you what, 
these are the words that you, that that are provided to tell us who you are. But let's hear it from you. Tell uh, us about okay. your industry, and then I want to know how you got here too. Your journey. Okay. Yeah. So, um, actually, my uh, my road to having my own company was not uh, it wasn't planned. Uh, so, I was working with my old design build firm. And I, uh, my mom got sick. I was living in Jacksonville at the time, Jacksonville, Florida, and she was sick here in Atlanta, and she needed a liver transplant, we found out a little later. And so as the only child, and my mom is not remarried, I am her sole caretaker. So I moved up to Atlanta, uh, back home, and was focused on helping her, but also I was looking for a job. Could not find one. Uh, So my old job actually said, hey, uh, can you do some consulting for us? We're having a hard time replacing you, which was music to my ears because (laughs) I needed needed a job. Uh, So I started with consulting, and then uh, it slowly started picking up. And what I I realized was it was really difficult for me to talk about marketing uh, without educating people first. So that's how I got into – doing speaking uh, engagements and doing, uh, you know, just really teaching people about marketing altogether because I think that sometimes people can be not necessarily mean but a little condescending if you don't always understand all the new concepts uh, of marketing and it's changing every day. So my my whole existence is about educating people and that's why my whole, uh, I guess, tagline, if you will, is listen and solve, not tell and sell. And that's exactly what I do too. It's not, I'm not telling you what you need. First I need to listen um, and then get to it. So uh, overall I would consider myself a marketing nerd um, that uh, really knows how to create content and mostly not just content, but digestible content in a world that everybody is uh, clicking and and swiping and and all that good stuff. So uh, to think that, uh, work life is any different from how people's behaviors are personally would be silly. So that's what mostly what I work on and how I became the content whisperer. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of my journey overall. So my first question is, how did you position yourself to be irreplaceable? I mean, because quite frankly, yeah. the, the rule of thumb that rule of thumb that I've always lived on under because I was in corporate America as well, is it mm-hmm. that Nobody's irreplaceable because as soon as you leave, somebody's standing there ready to take your place. But you were. How did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think um, so. There's there's two things. One, I really love what I do, so I was, uh, and it was a new position. So I I actually created the position that I left. That's why it was kind of hard for them to replace. Because I was, um, I initially was doing the proposals for them and helping them with presentations, but I was also uh, the youngest one in the marketing department and kind of telling them about, hey, social media is important, writing um, content is important. So uh, they, I, I gave them enough of my, uh, I guess they were tired of me at some point. I kept on pushing it, so they allowed me to do that. And because I was learning everything and I was doing so many things at a time, it was difficult for them to find someone that was a good writer while also being creative, while also being able to do graphics. It was, it was really difficult for them to 
find all of that in one person. They could find it in two two people, but because I I learned it all out of necessity, um, because I didn't have a budget, there was no graphic designer on staff, so I just figured out everything, which was not fun learning, but uh, that's really how it became more of an irreplaceable thing. And, and then the other side, that's skills, but the other side was just network. I really um, – created an energy about myself that I loved what I did and I was energetic and sometimes that's just contagious and so when you are trying to collect content and get especially from people that are very busy they don't want to be around people that are not interesting at all uh, and they don't definitely don't want to talk to them so that's what got me far along anyway was because I was um I was nice and and actually genuine and not trying to get something out of the situation other than content. So uh, I think that those two, the skills and kind of having to work it out and then the the networking and just getting to know people in a real way, that really helped me out uh, to create that kind of uh, experience for myself. It was pretty awesome. What this brings to mind is that, you know, people say you never know what you got until you so it's gone. Oh, yeah. Well, in their case, oh, yeah. they didn't know <laughs> what they had. But what I wonder is that in those situations, when they look back on the things that you said, it, it's almost as if I can see or realize that they heard sound bites of the things you said to them all along, like, oh, that's what yeah. she meant. <laughs> you know? yeah. And then once yeah. they got it, then they called you and said, okay, we get it now. What do we do? <laughs> Absolutely, and 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 I'm still hearing parts of it today. I left, um, so I will. I'll have my firm for four years next year. So they have literally been. I remember someone that left the company. They were like, "We're still talking about what you did for our marketing." So that was really cool, just to know that I made a stamp. And I think that's my goal in in this world, anyway, is just make my my stamp on it. So that was really cool. So go back and, and tell us about some of the specific actions or tasks or things that you did or moments that were successful that you could share. Sure. So um, one of the main things that I would really like to share, and I really push this with people, is uh, one is just because you write it, people think that you people other people want to read it, and that's not true. Uh, so we care a lot more about our content than than anybody else. So to assume that other people will read it exactly like you do is silly and and honestly just very naive. If you read everything that you look at uh, from LinkedIn to, you know, any other social media or some blogs or whatever the case is, people just don't read anymore. So the big thing that I pushed is creating content that is digestible, which I, I alluded to earlier, which is using bold areas. Don't use big big boxes of text um, because that's intimidating to people. And, you know, not everyone, and there's definitely generational differences here, uh, but what's happening is, you know, this generation is getting higher, higher up in the ranks and becoming decision makers. And if they're a decision maker, if you now have a decision maker that doesn't read, that like you know every single line then what do you do you create content that is specifically for them so um one of those things would be you know i would suggest doing um you know like i said having section titles uh while you're and this is mostly with writing 
but using section titles, using bold, using bullets, uh, just so people can really move their eyes through your content. Uh, because I, I actually do a presentation called Nobody's Reading That. And the whole idea <laughs> is how to craft content for the scanning eye. Uh, so, the, you know, if if we think that people are going to read it, just give that up altogether. Uh, so that's the, the big thing is that I started making digestible content uh, for them. The other thing is that I used um, early started pushing social media. And not just as a um, – some people use social media as a just a promotion uh, a, a promotion vehicle, and that's not what it is. It's an interactive vehicle. So you have to like and share things just as much as you post. And sometimes we get in the – we get caught up in – me too um, – get caught up in only posting and having something to say and contribute to the conversation, but not always – applauding when other people have uh, something to say. So when you do that, you create relationships, and through relationships you have loyalty. And loyalty means the more loyalty that you have, the more likes and more shares and all that good stuff. So it was it really what it comes down to is bringing that human-like approach to usually a very uh, stale uh, industry, uh, like how can we make this interesting for people? Uh, because people are people no matter what. And I, before we get off this part, I do like to make this, this metaphor. You know, Facebook, uh, there's Facebook and LinkedIn, and that's how people I consider their work in life, right? So LinkedIn, I am Danielle. You know, I still have the same feelings that I always do, but I'm just a little bit more professional, a little bit more uh, cleaned up. When I'm on Facebook or in my real life, I am just more uh, social. But at the end of the day, I'm still the same person. So sometimes we get so caught up in trying to be so professional that you lose the human touch. And when you lose the human touch, you lose people. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, those are like big, quick thoughts um, when you just look over content that you may have now, any of the listeners, like just look at it and see, would you want to read this if this came from somebody else? And um, that's the first test. Well, oddly enough, I am a first example of what you're talking about because, quite frankly, I'm on the computer a lot, and I'm always looking for new tools, new things that I can use in order to um, produce the books and legacy walls that I do. And honestly, I look for an example of what, what it is that they're promoting, a few words about what benefits it's going to be. Then I roll all the way down to the bottom and find out how much it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yep. all that is, stuff in the middle, it, it, it to me, it's like you just want me to prove that you took the time to write all the stuff, but I don't, I don't want to, and I am not going to read it. Give me the examples mm-hmm. and give me the the bullets about what it does for me, and that's enough. Yeah. Yep, and that is, that is so many people, and so it doesn't mean that there's not support, and you you know you don't want to completely take all of that out because there are some people that want all that detail. But yes. you have to find ways that it feels it, it's digestible. Everything is overwhelming now. So when you have content, for example, not having all that white or having white space on your page, having just blocks of text with no no breath. I mean, so you have to really take content as though it's a conversation, and and I think that's what um, you know. I think that's what's so important about all of this is just be be. Um, 
thoughtful about your readers. Be thoughtful to your readers. Be respectful of your readers' time, and not everybody does that. And oddly enough, this resonates even in in my my business as well because um, with that concept in mind, Sulatu has created um, tiny books, and it's about the legacy the legacy that others leave, but it extracts the information such that it's readable. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I'm excited about what you're saying because it it's confirming the approach yes. that I, I'm taking. Like some people will write every word about their life from beginning yes, to end, will. the trauma that they went through. And, and and you know, some people do need to do that because those stories help and heal others. But if you want me to know just why you are so important, no, well, I won't say it like that because most people don't think like that, but why what you've done needs to be mm-hmm. heard. Now let's get to it. Right, right, exactly. And, and that, that just goes back to that respect. And I just, that made me think of three questions. So there, if there's anything that a listener must get from this conversation is this part. So just listen in. It's three questions for content. It's everything should answer what, so what, now what? What, so what, now what? So what is, what's the topic, right, um, And which is we, we all do that well. Uh, we talk about the topic, we run it into the ground. Then there's that so what, to which you were talking about, why should me as a reader care about what you're talking about? So what? Who cares? And that's what we have to be honest with ourselves and very transparent and like, who really would care about this? And then finally, now what? What do you want people to do with this information? How do you, How should I apply it? And that's exactly what you were talking about with, I want to see – what is this going to do for me? I need to see examples, and I'm good to go. I don't need all the extra stuff. So all that to say, what, so what, now what, that's like my trifecta in, in content marketing for sure. And that you just said something that brought it, brought it to me. So uh, please take that and run with it as much as you can. <laughs> Thank you. And that's the nugget mm-hmm. that my listeners will certainly need to hear. And need to replay so that we can get this down and get and internalize it because I know. Yeah, right, right. I look at your bio and it says you increase the uh, visits by eighty-eight percent and move mm-hmm. them to a hundred and fifty million in revenue in three years. Yeah. Now yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it it really was, and I'm telling you at the beginning, it didn't seem like it was working. So, um, you know, what what happens is when you have uh, something as big as construction, so that's where I was working, design build, which is mostly engineering construction, these are huge, huge million, I mean, they're like, you know, $50 million projects. So we're not talking about something too crazy, but it is still $150 million, you know, so it's still a very big deal and a big deal to the company's bottom line. So basically what we did was when you look at the timeline, like a sales cycle of how long does it get, like from the the time that you meet someone or the business developer starts, how long does it take for you to, um, you know, go from there to them actually purchasing or making, making a decision and uh, going with your firm? you have all this time in between. So for construction, it was about two years. So I started doing 
some of our blogs and articles and uh, doing some webinars, uh, which, by the way, uh, if anybody's listening, webinar, change the, the – instead of saying webinar, say live online event. Um, that makes things very different. Makes Watch how the participation jumps. But anyway, so we were doing um, the live online events. Uh, we were doing um, a lot of infographics. We were just really doing a lot of stuff, but mostly in, the, in, in educating people. And what I find is a lot of firms don't want to share their secret sauce. Uh, and you don't have to share your secret sauce, but you do. People trust people that, you know, that they educate. So we really focused on uh, different ways to get that out, that content out. So I'm working at well, it. Before, before you go any further, yeah, yeah. could I stop sure. you right there? When you say yeah. people don't want to share the, their secret sauce, how do you create that balance? Because when I look at YouTube, I'm getting almost everything I ever want to know about certain subjects because it's all out there. But right, right. How do, how do we look at this? where we can participate without giving away the shop. You know, it it, it is tricky, and I'm not even going to act like it's not. I think the, the main thing is that what you do – so here's a good example. One of my clients uh, is a, um, a mostly a lead, L-E-E-D, um, green manufacturer – or not manufacturer, a construction um, planner, and uh, basically they, they help your whole – Um, I'm like missing all the words, but anyway, they help you go green. Okay. So what we did was we did a, a, um, a blog for them that said five tips to reduce your, um, reduce or increase savings and reduce your uh, carbon footprint uh, immediately. Now, when you do something like that, that's not anything that for from my from that that company for engineering. I, there's so many other things that I I do. So I'm telling you very very light stuff. So when you think about content, think about that iceberg, right? I'm just giving you the tip the tip um, so that you're intrigued and you know that I have a wealth of knowledge underneath. Uh, so that's what I do with content. I tell people almost anything, but I also there's a level of confidence I guess with myself is that I know that this is my superpower. So I'm never super concerned. Like for example, I can talk about content, and somebody else can talk about content, and that's okay. I believe in abundance. So, um, but I find that people really want to hold on tight, but you hold on so tight that you know, you don't, you can't, you're not releasing any information. So um, I think that there's a balance. And if you can figure out what that iceberg looks for you and just show a little bit of it, give them a little something to bite into, uh, that's when you go, you know, you tell that part and then you go into that now what, you know, what we were talking about before, that third question, and tell them why they need you instead. Hey, if you would like to save more money and, and, and create your new facility or whatever the case is, uh, we can do that times a thousand uh so it's it's really about getting them to pull in because everybody you get you get too much stuff for free right now that if you're not giving me anything for free i'm questioning everything about you <laughs> like it's like mm-hmm. why aren't you what are you holding back and and it feels like there's a level of distrust it's just what the world we're in now it's it's, it's crazy wow now uh you said something that was just extraordinary i mean a whole bunch of things but uh, your superpower. That that mm-hmm. statement was incredible. You, you, your self confidence is such that you know your superpower. 
and and so what that reminds me of is that I'm beginning to hear the words from people in the community. Nobody's doing what you do. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't see anybody else doing this, and so I'm I'm realizing I'm I'm in that space where I can just settle down and just do what I do because. Mm-hmm. I like doing what I do, and they're right. I don't see anybody else doing it You're the right. way that I do it, or in the volume that I do it, or and 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 so that's a, a, a almost a sweet spot emotionally, mm-hmm. and and it it opens the door for more creativity and more production. You know, oh, productivity. absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that once I, I started to, I actually don't ask people what they do for a living anymore. I ask them what their superpower is. And it makes it, it makes for the conversation much more interesting because we get caught up in, especially in networking events as well. And it's just probably just how my energy already is that they're not super surprised that I'm asking that. But, um, you know, I think you, when, when you are emotionally attached and you also, um, because I, I am the same way personally as I am work-wise, and I'm so grateful for the fact that I can be I can be the same person in both walks of life. There's a level of freedom that comes with that, and also with that freedom comes confidence. So there's tons of people that do marketing. There's tons of people that talk about content. I just have my lane, and I'm okay with it. And it doesn't always – it's not always profitable. Sometimes I have not so much money. Other times I do. But at the end of the day – I'm doing what I love, and I I would not trade it for the world. And this is definitely a me too moment. Um, mm-hmm. But I, you know what I I'm 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 hovering over that superpower thing, not because well yes because of what it, what it does to me. What I realize is when you say that, and then to hear that you ask others that, what you're doing, mm-hmm. in my opinion, is creating a moment where they can very quickly search themselves for the best of who they are. And once yeah. a person does that, I can only imagine that they feel absolutely wonderful in your presence. Absolutely. And and because I care, I'm not asking them what they do. And what I always also find is not everybody, what they do professionally is what they love to do. So I always like to know what, what their superpower is. What it also shows is who is not genuine. Um, so for me, it's, it's, a, it's, not even an intentional test, but when I see people retract from that and not be as open as you are, then that tells me something about this person that, hey, I'll be really awesome over here away from you, uh, which is also completely okay. I can love you um, as a human being across the room, uh, but I don't, want, I don't need that kind of energy in my life. So I, I stick to the people that are open and uh, free because I have that choice. <laughs> So that's that's my prerogative as a human being on this earth is to choose what kind of energy I want to be around. And so doing that superpower statement is is good, I think, for all parties, to your point. Absolutely wonderful. Now, for our listening audience, you are listening to NABWIC Talks, and this is Ursula Odom speaking with Danielle Gray, who is a marketing strategist. And she's talking about how to go from mediocre to magnificent. And boy, if you just joined us, you need to go back and listen to this again because she's given us some great tips up to this point. Now, if you'd like to join into the conversation, um, what you do is dial 
714-459-3918 and press 1 on your phone. And you can ask the question and join in with us in this conversation. So now for the small business, well, I actually have two questions. For the construction industry, then we'll talk about small business. For the construction mm-hmm. industry, looking at the environment today and how competitive it is, specifically for construction business owners, what would you advise them at this point? You know, what's really cool about being uh, in the construction industry is that it's it's like a double-edged sword. One is that it is very, very um, traditional and old-minded. Uh, I would say in marketing anyways, about 20 years behind the rest, of, like retail. Um, so the cool thing about that, though, is because especially – people that are in my space, they're like, they get really annoyed by that because it's like, we can't move fast enough. We'll never catch up. But if you have that acceptance, like, okay, we're not catching up, but guess what we have? We have a whole paved way of what's next coming for marketing. So what I would say as a construction owner um, or, or, you know, involving in the construction industry is to look, look at what's happening around you now in the retail experiences and seeing how you can apply that into your company because it's something that people are already receiving. So it could be, as, I mean, just I, what I just always suggest people is to be open. And what I get back in the construction is like, oh, well, my people don't want to hear that. And you know what? You may be right, but you also may be wrong because a lot of times um, we don't really try. So uh, what I would suggest is absolutely looking into, re- like, you know, look at what other marketing um you know, what other marketing is around you, whether it comes in, you know, the mail or you get it in the email, uh, something that I've seen recently, and probably a lot of the listeners know this, is that, you you know, we're starting to get the emojis uh, in the emails. Uh, so you'll have, like, one emoji. It was like, where did, when did they start putting emojis in email subject lines? Well, that's what's happening next. And so, just be kind of on a lookout to see what, what's happening around me now and try to pull the industry forward by really starting to apply some of these things. And I know, um, you know, the, the, the other part of this is because I know my number one pushback is, well, you know, my decision maker doesn't care about all that stuff. So here's what I would challenge you, and I'll give you a little story uh, with this because it makes a lot of sense. I was tagged, I was tasked with, finding a website developer for my for my firm because we were we knew we wanted to make this investment so the chief marketing officer asked me danielle gray which was not a decision maker to choose at least three to five companies that we could shortlist and we would all work through together so don't forget about all, all that to say don't forget about the influencer there's a decision maker but there's also the influencer also that that gateway that gets you into the conversation with that decision maker because we all know that they don't have time and they're not really interested in much. So when you get a little flustered or frustrated that you can't get to that decision maker, start figuring out how you can get to that influencer because they they really influence that decision. I brought three companies because I found ones that I thought was most most interesting and could really do the job without my CMO even seeing it. 
So um, or seeing who I chose first, they just trusted that who I brought to the table were the best five. So just, you know, that's something that I would really suggest. Look forward and also, you know, just just be open overall and seeing how you can also push and target the influencer. That's wonderful advice, and it does take me back to my corporate days because one of the things that I think made me a little bit more successful than some is that I loved, at the time, they were called secretaries. Because mm-hmm. I knew if I won them over, I could get into the yep. office of the directors and vice presidents and whoever else I needed to talk to. And for that reason, um, and especially the secretaries that worked for me when I got them, um, they appreciated how I treated them. And it was amazing how they said that, you know, previous people of certain demeanor didn't treat them well. I said, well, that's crazy. Because I know the value, they get a lot of stuff done. So mm-hmm. I know that's a different um, scenario, but to me, that's the same kind of thing. You have to find whatever you're doing, whoever you're trying to get to, who is that person that is close Absolutely. to them and can get you yep. in that door. Yep. So yep. It, it, I, we, we, fo- we tend to focus too much on the decision maker, and there's too many players that, at play here um, that we tend to forget about. Mm-hmm. And we do have a question from someone whose number ends with 3828. I'm about to open your line. Good morning. Good morning, Ursula. This is Jackie, and good morning, Danielle. Good morning. I've, I've just been sitting here listening to all this fabulous information, and I uh, have one quick question. I'm just curious. Um in terms of social media platforms, you mentioned earlier you referenced uh, Facebook and LinkedIn. So, and there are a lot of newer platforms coming into this space, uh, as I understand it. So, in terms of marketing, what is the newest platform that has emerged or that you think will be emerging over the next couple of years that uh, we should be on the lookout for? Well, um, and so I would, is this more for construction industry? Uh, not, not necessarily, just in general. Okay, gotcha. So um, one is there's no way to answer that question because I have no clue because it will, like just like Facebook comes out of nowhere, it will just, you know, just pop up. But what I will say is I think that there are tools that we can use that are starting to really uh, progress a lot, and and one of those is LinkedIn by far. So um, a lot of the the Facebook algorithm algorithms, which you probably heard, uh, are not always. It, it, that's a whole political conversation I can't even get into. But you have all those algorithms. Instagram is uh, now owned by Facebook, so they have all those algorithms. So the purest form right now. Um, that doesn't move as fast as Twitter is LinkedIn, and it's a, and it's a, a place that you can really become an influencer. So uh, the thing that I really suggest is when you look at uh, social media and these different platforms is focus on being a thought leader. Um, and when you're a thought leader, uh, you tend to get more following and more and more shares and all that good stuff. So what I would say is LinkedIn is probably the best one that I can see so far that 
still is not quite painted like Facebook and, and all those other ones. Um, and I would really start just, even in your personal brand, posting, um, like today, for example, I just posted very simply, um, you know, replace the word webinar for live uh, online events. And that's it. But I'm a thought leader. I'm going to be the content whisperer. So we talk about that. It, it is very simple, but now uh, it reaches the people I'm connected with. So my, I'm, I'm hardcore LinkedIner. Um, I think that Instagram will come a, a little bit harder for construction uh, because it is a visual, um, a visual platform. So, yeah, I, w- I would say both of those are, are definitely on the rise and something that we would consider. But don't ever feel, anybody that's listening, don't ever feel like you need to be doing all of them because that's the job all by itself. So do what you can handle and kill it on, on that one platform or two platforms uh, because especially as a small business, it can be very overwhelming because you don't want to just copy and paste the same thing um, all across all the platforms. It's not always the same energy or the same kind of culture, if you will. I know that was a long drawn out answer, but that I would say LinkedIn and Instagram are probably the main ones. Oh, great. Thank, thank you. you for that insight. Sure. And thank you, Jackie, for asking the question. I had that on my mind as well. But what you've led to now when you said copy and paste is now – there are companies out there that promise to generate content for you and all of that. What's your thought on those automatic content generators? Um, I'm, I'm and how a, do they work? Yeah, I, I'm a huge advocate for humans. So there's nothing, no one can put out a piece of content quite like a human can. Uh, so I'm going to start there because if you're talking to robots, you can use robots, but none of us are robots, so I don't use any of that. And I honestly don't know much about those platforms because I don't, that's not my thing. Now, there are a lot of applications that make it easier. So, for example, uh, when I was at my former job, I may have had like, you know, one week it would be crazy, another week it would be kind of slow. So I did use scheduling. Um, calendars like uh, I would use like Hootsuite and things like that so that I could actually schedule my posts if I'm not like right around my phone and thinking about it right now um, so that's that's one way uh, but overall I, I don't, I'm not I'm not a fan of robots uh, overall mm-hmm. you know so um, and it doesn't mean that we can't use applications that assist us and that are I mean generators but um, at the core something is as something like content you know your be- you know the best part of, of your company. You know the best parts of that. And there's no there's no other person or um you know, robot that can create that for you. It just takes time and it's very annoying. I'm not gonna act like it isn't, but uh you are your best bet for sure. Mhm. And for those of that have joined us, if you'd like to ask a question, just press 1 on your phone and I will see it and you will be able to ask your question. Um, this is this is fascinating. When you talked about robots, though, I have tried out a couple of things and one of them um, for a product marketing website that I have and supposedly it goes through to see what's, what's working and then make recommendations as to what to advertise, but what I realized is it was giving me the same stuff all over and over mm-hmm. and over again. 
And I said, wait a minute, I, you know, I'm posting the same thing. When I say yes, then I look at what has been posted, and it's the same thing. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. that's not working. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. initially, I mean, it, it felt good because I I had this invisible assistant, right? Uh, you know, maybe there's some out there yeah. that works a little better than that, I, but I, that was my experience. Yeah, and, and maybe there is and maybe there will be, uh, but, you know, I'm like, nothing's like a person. And um, and some of them, they, another example was uh, I was using an email client, you know, to – uh, send out emails, and it said, hey, this is the best time to send out an email, and it was like at 3 a.m. on a Tuesday, and I'm like, why is that, and the reason why is because not many people are opening emails, so they think, that, like, with that, with that, um, those analytics, it's like, yeah, that's the best time, but I think it's like, no, that's not, that's not true, I'll get buried in email, so just, you know, I, I would say, I would say, look at the, um, Look at what's there um, and what it can offer you as far as suggestions, but still make a pretty good decision about what you should do and how you should move forward for sure. All right. So now how can people reach you and what kind of services do you offer? We have about four minutes. Um, And if anybody has a question, this is the time to do it. How sure. So, and what should they be asking you for? Sure. So, um, you can reach me. Uh, LinkedIn is my favorite platform, which I probably should be a. Uh, I should get paid for how much I talk about LinkedIn. Um, so, <laughs> my name on there is uh, Danielle Gray MBA. So that's one of the best platforms to to reach me. I'm also on Instagram at Danielle Gray MBA. So if you feel that I'm. Uh, like I said, very much myself in every aspect. So that's a more so- social, but I still post business stuff there. Um, so if you feel so inclined, by all means, I'm an open book. Um, and what, as far as my business, um, if you're looking to create a human brand and really break away from uh, your clientele, then uh, we're we're I, we are someone you should talk to at DG Marketing. Um, we push the envelope. We do not do anything that is normal, but that's how we um, exceed and how we uh, connect with with the ultimate client. And so again, listen and solve, not tell and sell, and know who your audience is. Marketing is the same everywhere you go. Is asking the same question: Who is your audience? And create something for them and uh, be very respectful to them. All right. Well, thank you so very much. Um, For the listening audience, I want you to know that this show is for you to listen to, to learn from, and also if you're a member of Network, this is something that can be a platform for you to share what you do and how you do it and how it can benefit others. So don't take it for granted. Get involved. Share your story. Um, the other thing is that we want you to like the show so that we know that you still want us to continue doing this. So go out there online, blogtalkradio.com slash nabwit, and click like on our platform so that we will send you notices when we put up another show. And you can come back and listen to the archive as well. 
So like us, share it, and then come back next week. So thank you, Danielle, and much success to you. And to our listening audience, see you next week. Take care. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day.